thank you very much and I am very honored to be here today and we just love BRMI so much, Ayn and I do. It has added such value to our lives and helped so many clients in our, in our center to truly turn their whole cases around. And it's, you know, I, I'm gonna start my slides, I promise, and I know I only have an hour and I have like 400 slides, but I, I was very present to flying here to Scottsdale yesterday, realizing that 24 years ago, I sat in Scottsdale, Arizona for the first time in my life and was at a, a retreat where we talked about goal setting. And I had been in pain. You're gonna hear a little bit about my story, but just know that everything comes full circle and you create your own destiny. And all you have to do is be in the flow state for it to come to fruition. Because 23, 24 years ago, I wrote on blue index cards that in 23 years, I was hopeful to have an interdisciplinary approach where I was able to help other doctors and practitioners, I'm not a doctor, help doctors and practitioners learn how the body really works. And as I was flying to Scottsdale, I was like, holy crap, it's happening. <laughs> and, and that's happened so many times in my life where I'm like, oh my God, we said this and we put it down on paper and here it is. And that story really started when I met my husband, Ian Kennedy, because I had been in pain uh, for a long time, I, for three years after a car accident, I compressed a couple vertebrae, I have been scalped um, in that same accident, and I lacerated my spleen, and I went from doctor to doctor looking for different answers, and everybody just gave me another prescription and another picture and said, oh, manage your pain, manage your pain. And simultaneously, um, my father was sick at the same time, and he had Hodgkin's disease, he had cancer seven times, which is why I wanted to be a doctor, to figure out how to not get cancer and how to not die from cancer. And I came into Ian Kennedy's office and he did some emotional release technique on me. I hand to God, was out of pain in seven days, started weaning off my painkillers and muscle relaxers, at which point I went back to his office and said, how did you do that? And he goes, energy. <laughs> and can I swear? Because <laughs> what I said was, what the fuck is that mean? <laughs> and he goes, cool, huh? And I go, no, I went to Cornell, they didn't talk about energy, what are you talking about? And so I said, I don't understand it, but I'm gonna stick right here next to your side, and we're gonna figure this out, because I need to understand how you got me out of pain so that it never, ever comes back. And my whole life has changed. In 10 years or so after that, we were introduced to this amazing medicine, I finally got to understand the science behind energy. <laughs> and so that's what we're gonna talk about today. Regulation, because you can't talk about the lymph until you understand regulation. Ooh. So, you know, I don't, I suck at technology. It's funny that I've been the technical person all weekend, by the way. A lot of people are laughing at that right now. So this is me. There you go. That's what I do. I'm very fortunate to have an incredible tribe. And they've been elevating me onto podcasts and seminars and so forth because my real mission is to help others gain the vision and the knowing of their own inner beauty. And that that is the only thing that heals is that power. And this will be accomplished by changing the model of how people take care of their bodies through NOTMEDS, which stands for Naturally Oriented Therapists, Medically Enlightened Doctors and Specialists, networked and vetted practitioners that will be highlighted and interviewed and showcased through my podcast. And these practitioners can then be connected with the clients that are ready, willing, and able to take care over their health and wellness through biological foundational living and knowing how the body really works. And further, we make devices and remedies available to our community for assistance in the same approach. 
uh, because a lot of what we do and what uh, Dr. O'Dell talked about today, like we can talk about all these a lot of great remedies and a lot of great things and we have to really be resourceful in this industry because as we know we're not only censored in what we say but we're censored in what we do, hence Dr. Oshmeyer not being here because God forbid we should have somebody actually teaching people how to be well. So my history is the MVA, compression fractures. Uh, one month after the, I'm so glad I wrote this because I forgot about that. One month after the um, car accident, I started getting ovarian cysts. I had 30 burst in 10 years. And if you've never had one, that's one's enough. 30 was horrible. Um, and they stopped the day I got my scar injected, by the way. Never had another one ever since. Um, and before the MVA, I also had horrible acne, asthma, and allergies, and I was on three meds. So by the time I met Ian at 23 years old, I was on six medications. Not like anybody you've ever heard, I'm sure. My mother had a mouthful of amalgam fillings and still does. She doesn't listen to her daughter, but that's another story. Uh, my dad had Hodgkin's disease, as I mentioned. He had cancer state seven different times. He had blood clots in the lung, kidney stones, carbon monoxide poisoning, amnesia. And then one month after my car accident, he had a stroke. Five months later, another stroke. He never regained the ability to speak. I was with him for that last stroke. And uh, five months after that, he died in a household bed at 55 years old, at which point I went to my counselor at, at Cornell and said, I want out of medicine. I've wanted to be a doctor my whole life, and you guys do not have it figured out. <laughs> All you want to do is cut it out, medicate it, and radiate it, and I'm not into that. So that's where my journey really began. I finished my degree in biology and did not have any idea how I was going to use that very expensive piece of paper. But now I feel like I use it every day. So get into the flow of life. Everybody stand up. If you don't move, your lymph doesn't move. That's the number one answer. Okay, so we're just going to do a very simple exercise. We're going to talk tomorrow about, or one of the times, maybe it's later today, I forget when, but at some point I'm going to teach you how to do some manual node release, which sounds very sexual, but it's really about your nodes of your lymphatic system. You can use it in other ways, so you choose. But what we're going to do is just raise our, our shoulders up to our ears in five deep breaths. So we're going to go... And now we're going to do it fast. Okay, very good job. You're in the flow state. Congratulations. So have a seat. And that is a very, very quick way. And we're going to talk about why it's so important to move the termini, which is in your, um, in your neck and your cervical area, and why it's so important that that particular is what we stimulate with our nodes. So that we can do that in the car, we can do that when that client comes in, we go, oh, they're here. <laughs> because lymph is very physical, but as my husband embodies, as his name is Ian, not kidding, his name is Ian. Um, you, we're more we are less physical than we are vibrational and we are frequency. And that's what he was saying that day. I moved your energy so you don't feel the pain anymore because your body's in the flow state. And I was like, huh? It took me 23 years to figure that out, but got it. But it's really about being in that relaxed state so that you can flow and you can be an open vessel because lymph is about letting go. Letting go of your physical toxins, letting go of your emotional toxins, letting go of your baggage so you can move through life very easily. I have said a few months ago, I'm not gonna have resistance to anything ever in my life, not even eating octopus, which grosses me out. And four hours after I said that, my good friends had octopus in front of me and I ate it. And 
I didn't love it for those that were in the room, but I did it. So there are no resistances to anything because then we're not in flow state. So to get into the flow of life, flow stands for fascia, lymph, and optimizing your wellness. So what is the connection? How are we getting from fascia and lymph to optimize our wellness? Well, it starts with flow state. And what that really means is to experience that your body is going through life without any real hiccups. You know, I can get sick, but I get better. I, you know, I, um, I can, anything can happen. I can get injured, but I can heal, right? It's not that I live in a bubble and that I'm never going to have anything happen to me because that's not life, right? I mean, I know a lot of people that live very extreme lives, like, oh, I never eat anything but keto and I've never had a piece of chocolate cake and I'm always in bed at 9 o'clock. Not that there's anything wrong with being at bed at 9 o'clock. <laughs> and um, I wake up at 6 in the morning and I meditate for four hours and then I go about my day and I'm like, when are you having fun? Is there any fun in there? Because if you're not living life, then what the hell is all this for? Why eat all the good food and drink the good water and live the great ways if you don't have an incredible tribe to share it with, an incredible life to engage in, whether it's, you know, ATV rolling or jumping off of cliffs, or I like to do fun things like that. <laughs> so, oh, can I, oops, I think I can just do this. So the function... The foundational understanding is that we know that the power inside the body is the only thing that heals. Does everybody in the room understand that? If you don't, please raise your hand because you are missing the main tenement to bioregulatory medicine. That is the only thing that heals and that is incredibly powerful and we as practitioners are honored to get to work with that system every day and look like we create the miracles while we just stand by, remove the blockades and allow the body to heal. And we can all do it in our own ways, whether we're doing neural therapy, we're doing manipulations, we're doing fascial work or we're doing sound bowl healing. All of it is to increase the ability of the body to compensate, to be in that flow state. And compensation is the game of regulation because we have to allow the parasympathetics to be the dominant speaking tone of the autonomic nervous system. The last year and a half, there's been a little bit more than a typical sympathetic tone. And yet before that, I would have said, everybody, everybody, it's a huge, uh, you know, the Western culture runs in a sympathetic, the fight-flight mode. The last year and a half, it's fight-flight mode on steroids. And we really are in a predicament with people not getting into that relaxation state. And even when they think they are, go try my Flopresso and then tell me you've been relaxed before you did Flopresso. We have to remove the blockades to healing. That's the number one thing. You cannot upregulate the immune system, the autonomic nervous system, unless you've already addressed the blockades to the healing. And those three blockades are dental foci. That is dental fillings, amalgam fillings. They call them silver, which is not true. They're amalgam fillings. Um, root canals, dental cavitations. Um, there's so much to the dental work, and I know you're going to hear from Dr. Caratola uh, at some point later, but. You cannot heal a body if there's blockades in the mouth. Scars are another huge influence. I have a 12-inch horseshoe on my head where I was scalped. The day that was injected was the first time I slept on my back in 13 years, and the ovarian cyst never came back. Now, I do retreat my scar at least once a year. I probably treated it about 15 times in the first two years. 
I don't ever want my ovarian cyst to come, the ovarian cyst that I had to come back, so I treat my scar every single year prophylactically. And every time I do, I notice, oh, there's all this other great stuff that happens in my body because it, it takes a blockade I had away. I had a client come in the other day. Uh, she flew in from Ohio. She's a practitioner, and she has a C-section scar, and she's had a lot of different ailments. And we had our medical doctor lace the scar, and she boxed me the next morning and said, first of all, I slept great. Now, she did a lot of work. She did emotional work at our office. She did a lot of lymphatic work, and we treated her scar, all of those things. All the things, right? But when she got up the next morning, she went to do her yoga, and she said, I'm literally engaging my stomach muscles that I have not felt in four years since Titus was born. So that's the power of doing scars. It can influence the body in so many ways. And then so many of my friends are chiropractors and have brought this to my attention that I have to mention subluxations as well because, you know, if the, the spine is communicating to the rest of the nervous system. And if there's a subluxation in the spine, or it, it's going to affect the cranial rhythm. I do a lot of cranial sacral, cranial sacral fascial work as well, and I find the same thing. I can't address the subluxation, but that's why we need a team for all of our clients, that it's not just one person's going to help everything. The only person that can help everything is them, and living the right way and having the right team. Okay. The autonomic nervous system. It's adapting ability is how we compensate. It's not that I live in a bubble again, but no matter what comes my way, I can handle it and it doesn't knock me down. You know, I, I maybe got sick about 25 days ago or so now. I was on a plane sitting next to somebody, call it vaccination stress, next to their vaccination, call it COVID, I don't care what you call it, but I was moderately, had a little sore throat and a cough for an hour a day for about two weeks. That is compensation. Now, did I do a lot to assist my body? Sure did. I don't take much stuff, but over those two weeks, three weeks, I took a lot of stuff. I did six IVs. I did um, a bunch of flow prezos more rapidly than I did. I really upregulated my system because I don't, I can't be knocked down. I don't like to be knocked down. I, this is my natural energy source with no caffeine in my body. And I was up until 11.30 at night. And my son got up at 5.30 in the morning. This is me. Ask my husband. He was like, oh, energy, huh? And then it's like, I'm sure that kisses him all the time. Like, fuck, energy. Yeah, she's got plenty. I gave her some, and now she just never ends. But it is, it's because, and you'll see why later, you can't ever tell me this doesn't work. So, heart rate variability, which we're so psyched we have over there, but you have to understand heart rate variability. That was the first tool that I really started to understand the science of regulation from understanding how to test the autonomic nervous system, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. And, you know, it's, I found this in my research. It's really amazing because Rasmus is amazing. Um, but the pulse has been studied for thousands of years. And this gentleman, this physician, Wang, James, I'm not going to say this right, I'm going to botch it up, but this gentleman here, I don't want to mispronounce his name, he lived 1,700 years ago, and he said, if the heartbeat gets as regular as that of a woodpecker or that of dripping faucet or, or roof, rain on the roof, one of my favorite words that I can't say well, the patient will die in four days, because that's not regulation. Boom, 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 boom. We know from EKGs, we like it to be variable. Boop, 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 right? Boop, not a good day. And that is lacking variability. And we can say, oh, the, the, in a general way, the more mature the population is, the more 
the less flexible they are and then they're going to be more rigid and is it harder to knock down a tree that's rigid or a tree that's flexible? More of a, a younger tree that will move. Well we can all maintain our youth by maintaining our flexibility in our autonomic nervous system and I would tell you that you have stepped into the fountain of youth and the way to test your fountain of youth is through your heart rate variability and assuring that you're constantly improving your heart rate variability. And, and I will prove this in another quick example. So the first time I ever did a heart rate variability test was at a seminar like this in the back corner, much like that. And Ian did it, and then I did it, and they came back, and Ian was like, oh my god. You know, he was like maybe 40 at the time. Like, oh, they said I was like 25 chronologically, and I'm so healthy, and it's so great. I was like, oh, that's awesome. I can't wait to do this test, because I eat better than you do, and I sleep better than you do, and I exercise better than you do. I'm going to prove it, because I'm a type A personality collegiate rower that loves to prove and is very you know competitive so I go back I do the test and they're like so you're like 75 and um, and I was I'm 16 years younger than he was and I was like no 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 you, you, your test is wrong and it took me a long time I mean that was like 15 years ago that was where we met Dr. Pascal where he introduced us to bioregulatory medicine and it took me until about two years ago till I finally have beat his HRV. <laughs> and it's because, because I became a flexitarian. Because I learned how to be more flexible. I was so rigid. I learned the blood type diet and my husband looked like a cancer patient about three weeks after I started doing the blood type diet on him. No, we're not eating meat anymore. You're blood type A. You can't eat meat ever again because we're blood type A. And you know, oh, that's not a way to live. That's not flexible. And I've learned how to be a little bit more flexible. Those that have known me for 20 years, that are a lot of them are in this room, I have become more flexible in every single way. Thank, thank goodness. So just know that there's a lot to the heart rate variability and understand it. We're gonna go through it a little bit more, but there's lots of ways to test it. Heart rate variability is a great way to test your regulation. It's also contact regulation thermography, which Dr. Odell's gonna be going through next, which that's how I became a lymphatic queen, was looking at the CRTs and not understanding how to improve people's lymph. But I could test it and see that everybody's lymph was jacked up, everybody that walked in our door. Muscle response testing um, is another way, and Ein's gonna do an, a talk on that tomorrow. And then biofeedback frequencies of many kinds, the AO scanner, the immune modulation allergy elimination uh, technology, Zyto, Vega, there's a lot of them out there, but they're testing your regulation and your frequency of the body and how your frequency is adjusting for everything and everything. The things that affect your regulation are everything, but here's a quick list. Scars, dental foci, they block it. And then drugs, alcohol, caffeine, and sugar. So when I, I, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm skeptical like, oh, I don't want it to work, but I'm skeptical like prove it that it works, okay? So when I first started doing heart rate variability, my best friend's husband was on a sabbatical from work, and he is also a scientist and was willing to test with me. So we did a bunch of tests on heart rate variability. We'd have Pete come in have a couple glasses of wine before you come in and do your heart rate variability. We did the same time every day, so that variable was constant. And he was very giving of doing all sorts of things for me in the morning that he wouldn't normally do. So I was like, okay, I want you to exercise and then come in. I want you to wear your jewelry and, and come in. And he would do all these different things. And it, his baseline was a little bit similar, but you could see how these things affected his regulation. And it started to go, oh my gosh, the jewelry I wear, the belt I wear, 
the, the temperature outside, whether he got in a fight with his wife that morning, the phone calls, that all was affecting his regulation. Physical stress, of course, bug bites, bruises, chemicals, the lights, the weather. I'm very sensitive to ozone, and we are so thankful that Marty brought the ozonating air purifier for us because it, you know, kills viruses. I'm very sensitive to ozone, as we know. For those who know me, I'm very sensitive to ozone. And so I walked in and was like, can you turn it down? Because he's like, oh, it's not going to be toxic, I promise. I'm like, okay, but, but I'm the canary in the coal mine. My maiden name was Coleman, and I really feel the ozone. And could you just turn it down because I'm speaking next, and I just really don't want to feel it in my lungs. We respond to everything. And there's an emotional component that to, to, to that to me as well, because that is, everything is just physical. It's emotional. And I've had some bouts with ozone in my past, so I know that it makes me highly emotional when I feel it. Ask any dentist that's ever injected in my mouth. It makes me super angry. So um, tight-fitting clothes, bras, belts, metal in and on the body, emotional stress, positive and negative, both. I'm very blessed to have James and Chrissy stand up for Ayn and I 10 years ago when we got married. There was some emotional stress for me that day. God bless my husband. I never wanted to get married, and I felt like at 12 o'clock, three hours before we got married, I was like, I want to run away. I love you, but I want to run away. And we just tapped it on emotionally. Christy was there to support me. James was there to support me. Even positive stressors can affect our regulation, and so we got to keep in check with that. And then, of course, electromagnetic fog and EMF radiation, which is a whole known, known unseen problem. And then immune challenges. Oh, yeah, immune challenges. Oh, yeah, that's what the body's supposed to deal with. Immune challenges, bacteria, virus, fungus, and mold. In case you were wondering, you're more bacteria, virus, fungus, and mold than you are cells. So what's the hubbub going on out there? A little emotional stress for a lot of people. Unnecessary. Every single thing affects our regulation, our respiration. Take a deep breath in. Breath out. I talk really fast, and you've watched me a couple times get emotional, and you watch me breathe, and I breathe through it, and I move through it, rather than get very emotional up here, which I could, if I thought about for one second, how great it is that I got, have the opportunity to talk to everybody and explain what I know about the lymphatics, but how great it is that all these people are on the same path, tuning fork in the morning, and flow preserving and getting sound bowl therapy and doing tango dancing last night and all of it just live in life. If I really thought about that, I would cry, but I'm not going to think about that. We're just going to keep moving. Um, all these things, age affects you, you know, but it can affect you in a positive as well as a negative. All of it can affect you, your physical condition, foods, beverages, literally every single thing your body is accommodating for. You might not be aware of it all the time because you have a conscious brain that's only about 10% conscious of what it's dealing with, whereas you have a 90% of your body is taking in all this information all the time in every direction, and your body is assimilating and accounting for it, and as long as everything goes well, you're in the flow state. Something comes in, like, I was like, oh, there's ozone, ah, 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 ah. and I addressed it in many different ways, breathed, and we're here, and it's all good. The flexibility of the heart, we talked about this a little bit already, rigidity equals fragile and brittle, and flexibility allows for the flow state. You hear that word a lot from me because it's all about flow. Fascia lymph, 
optimize your wellness. So join us, become a flexitarian with us. <laughs> the heart is interacting with everything. It's the connector. It is your electromagnetic um, field generator and receiver. It sends out more information and receives more information than our brain ever does. So being connected to our heart and seeing how our feelings are. I was listening to a book by this amazing woman, um, Alison Armstrong, and she said that women, this cracks me up, women have another organ. It's our feeling organ and it lives right here. And I would say that's true, both men and women have this feeling organ. It's a matter of how much you tune into it, your emotional heart, not your physical heart, your emotional heart, right over CV17 for the acupuncturist, and feeling how much we are in tune with our life and where we feel resistances and where we are not feeling in tune, perhaps we should investigate that and figure that out. And, and it doesn't mean we stop it, it just means we move through it. Like they put the octopus in front of me and I was like, oh, oh. I have to eat octopus now. But, you know, just move through it. It's okay. Got on the other side. All good. You can go through anything as long as you have a consciousness about it. Because I would postulate that the biggest problem we all have is our level of consciousness. And you. And your level of consciousness. When he said energy, I had no level of consciousness. I was very much in the physical world, running around like a a rat in a wheel just going, oh, I gotta figure this out, I gotta figure this out. How do I not get sick? How do I not have this pain the rest of my life? How do I do this? How do I do this? Anybody be, can maybe assimilate to that over these last, when coronavirus hit, I honestly thought I was getting a two week vacation, I could get caught up at work. And then by week three, I was like, okay, we gotta put that podcast that Heidi Sullivan started for me and said it was time to get this big mouth to talk <laughs> and to tell everybody what I know. And so we started a podcast. We lost Heidi a year ago, a year and a half ago. So we're just, and she's a huge part of BRMI. She's with us every day. Anyway, um, that's why it's called The Beats. It's about the heartbeat. It's about connecting back to our heart and realizing that all the physical medicine is great. I love IVs. I love neural therapies. I love injections of any kind. I love needles. I love physical work. I love um, getting manipulations. I love Ralphine. I love it all. But what I've come to over these 24 years is that if, I get, if we help people become connected to their hearts and help them open and see themselves, the healing really begins. And that's really what I was gifted with when I met Ian uh, through the work that he did. I just didn't understand it and couldn't explain it for many years until I understood the science behind it. So I'm so happy to be here with you to explain this. Because life really is, the definition could be change in movement or flow. We're all connected and the more connected we are, the better and the healthier we are, the better we can regenerate. Because somebody asked me last night, what's the definition of health? It's not a destination to start with. It's a decision we make every day by everything we do, and it's a journey. And you're either going towards regeneration or you're going towards degeneration. You're not stagnant going, hi, I'm here. Because this is pleomorphism. If you don't know pleomorphism, write the word down and look it up and welcome to bioregulatory medicine. And there's a ton of information on our website about it. And homotoxicology is something Dr. Odell threw out earlier as well. If you don't know that, look up homotoxicology. There happens to be a ton of information on brmi.online where you can find it. Because that is 
understanding the science of the spaces around the cells, which is the terrain. You know, this isn't about germ theory. This is about terrain medicine. And that's that energy field that the cells live in denotes whether or not we're regenerating or we're degenerating. And that's such a powerful place to understand rather than this germ outside me is making me sick. It's that germ is affecting this terrain. And if my terrain is strong enough, I can handle it. And that terrain is based upon my emotional state, my physical genetics, things that have happened to me, as well as how I live my life. And that's what we all, we do not talk about this on you know, Saturday, Sunday, and then go and eat Dunkin' Donuts on Monday. That is not who this tribe is. <laughs> we live and eat and breathe this. Because it's a journey. See, I already knew what my slide was going to say. So characteristics of our Western industrialized society is overstressed and dominant in the sympathetic mode. And through the ability to connect, we can train our hearts to be less rigid. So I was doing two-hour meditations of Joe Dispenza's, and I was eating completely organic diet, and I was doing all this stuff. And we did an Instagram Live a couple three, four years ago, and I was with Ian, and he puts his arm around me. We're explaining the flow state and being and sound of soul, and he goes, she works really hard at being. And I was like, oh, I'm still doing that. And then I got it, and all of a sudden my heart rate variability is better than his. And it should be. I'm 16 years younger than him, for God's sakes. <laughs> so the point is, now he's going to get all competitive and try to see, I felt that. <laughs> I felt that. <laughs> so. Because he can go into like Zen meditation state and like be, yeah. Anyway, but it's, it's really about training ourselves. I am, this energy source is, nor, is natural for me. I have to learn how to be. I have to learn how to be led by the universe. Christy has taught me so much. You know, Argentinian tango dancing is not about the physical body of dancing necessarily only. It's about a heart-to-heart -heart connection, first of all. And secondly, it's about learning how to be led. I'm not great at that. <laughs> um, I like to lead. Um, I've had to learn how to go with the flow. And that's how flow really came into my life. Because now I live completely on intuition. I say yes, I say yes, I say yes. When it feels good, I just say yes. And, and he's always like, why? I don't know. But it's, it's, it felt right, so I did it. And we just keep doing that and keep doing that. And what, what our life has come to, the happiness, the joy, the compassion that I feel every day, I pray for all of you to feel a tenth of it every single day. A good HRV with a good healthy rest, heart rate is an indicator for a good functioning regulation and self-healing ability because that is your self-healer, is your regulation. You're welcome, by the way, for all the heart rate variability oh. talk. <laughs> It's, it's very interesting to observe that analysis paralysis really does affect us, that it strongly influences our heart rate variability. If you are thinking something stressful when you do a heart rate variability, it will show. And the more sensitive the heart rate variability test is, the more that will show. I've been very fortunate to work with Rasmus Gautbergenhausen as a few of those in this, um, in this arena. And, um, he worked with Emoto, the water crystal guy, for many years, and he created a, a, te a technology that converts heart rate variability of your own heart rate variability into sound and light. So you get to experience it back to yourself. And that is the most sensitive heart rate variability machine I have ever seen. Like, I had 
a phone not on, the client, this was like, I don't know, a month ago, the client was doing her heart rate variability, and all of a sudden I was like, what is going on? She's stressed. And at the corner of my eye, I see her phone flashing. And she had um, an eye mask on and earphones over her ears. Her phone was blinking like I guess that was her light telling her it was ringing, and it threw off her heart rate variability on the sound of the soul. We are affected by every single thing. So if we clean up our own environment and we tune our own selves in, it makes it much easier to work, walk through life and deal with everybody else's crap or the good stuff. So how do we improve our heart rate variability? B. Flow. When, when Ian was trying to get me to understand uh, energy, it was like a who's on first, what's on second. He was like, well, why don't you go in the other room and B? I was like, okay, what do you want me to do? I, I want you to be. Well, okay, you want me to meditate? You want me to do yoga? You want me to, like, what do you want? I want you to be. I'm sorry. Are you speaking English? What am I not understanding? What do you want me to do when I'm there? He's like, be, do, be, do, be, do. Be more and less doing. <sighs> that hurt my brain. <laughs> it did. I mean, I, I like to achieve. I like to accomplish. I like to do things. I can now do all those things and accomplish all those things but in a flow state is way better. I can accomplish way more when I'm in the flow state. I am B and then I do. How does this go to your lymph? Hold on. The autonomic nervous system and every cell in your body is dependent on how well we excrete our toxins, our metabolites, and our byproducts from our daily living. If the filters are clogged, it's harder to go through the flow because your antennas are junked up, so to speak. And we have five senses, and our lymphatic system is that filter from our head to our toes. You know, about five years ago, they went, oh, there are lymphatics in the brain. <laughs> really? <laughs> I really thought it just stopped right here, and we didn't have any more lymph. Um, it's a circulatory system, and I'm sure it didn't need to go to the brain. I mean, I've been working in the lymphatic system for like 12, 15 years, and we always drain the brain. We didn't have to identify exactly what the cells were called. We knew there was lymph there, though, because we knew it was a full part of the entire system that dumps into the cardiovascular system. Your lymph ends right here above your clavicles. These are their termini, and they drain into the cardiovascular system. And the cardiovascular system then circulates it, and we excrete out our toxins. The lymph system, we have three times more lymph fluid than we do blood. Three times more. Why are we looking at blood work? Why aren't we looking at regulation lymphatics? Blood work is the last thing. I know we're going to talk about blood work. I'm not a doctor. I don't look at blood work because I look at regulation. I look at lymph, and most of the clients walking in my door or our door have tons of blood work in front of them and no answers. And then all of a sudden, they come in and they handle their lymphatics, and they start doing some emotional release technique maybe, but they handle their lymphatics, and all of a sudden their drainage occurs, and now all the stuff they were doing is way more successful. And we have a lot of clients of ours in this room that can attest to that. Um, in today's world, we're experiencing a level of toxins and emotional stress and radiation stress far more than any other human organism in previous years. To that end, our children are now we can hear it from the pediatrician, but the children are actually predicted to live less time than our adult population for the first time in history. We are, we are doing it the proper way. We need to educate more so they understand this so that we can flip that around. So 
Oh yeah, we have a lack of proper food source and emotional health help. Emotional health outlets. You know that the the emotional health crisis, if it hasn't already started, is coming, right? With all the stress that we've been going through for all these years, and the answer isn't. I don't even know any of the names of the drugs, but the answer isn't the medications to suppress how we feel. The answer is to tap in to go, why don't I feel right? Maybe something is unnerving me by the information I'm getting. And I can guarantee if you start having that conversation with people and make them think, that will start to wake them up. Well, why, why do you feel, you feel that's not like sinking in with you? That's not resonating with you? Using that word resonation can really help people to understand it. And you learned about it this morning with the tuning forks. It was a beautiful way to start today to get everybody to resonate. So, how to become the lymph queen? Because I test regulation and I realize that there's a big difference between detoxifying the cells and draining out the toxic load from the body. And that proper drainage allowed detoxification to happen on all levels. Because lymph is about letting go. Letting go of toxins physically, emotionally, and vibrationally. And when James talks about the CRT and you look at the lymph, that's when I had my aha moment, just to, there's two points where you determine where to start therapy in the whole body. If L5 or L6 is higher on the second reading, then you start all the therapy in the body. If L5 is higher, then you start all therapy on the head. Now, I can tell you when I learned CRT, there were certain things I memorized, and that was one of them. But I was very frustrated with everybody's lymph being clogged. And then I was telling them to do all the dry brushing and the rebounding and take these supplements and blah, blah, blah. And I went to a lymph class and she said, the most two important points in the lymph are right here. And I went, oh my God, it's L5 and L6. Oh my God. And that's what I became a lymph fanatic because I had to understand how to help people drain this because it was very obvious that until I got that handled, they couldn't detoxify their metal load, their EBV, their emotions or anything else. So fascia, lymph, optimize your wellness. Signs that the lymph is stagnant, and I know this is none of your clients. <laughs> Exhaustion, headaches, hormonal imbalances, rashes, constipation or digestive issues. About 50% of our lymph is in our abdomen. Not sweating, over sweating. Sleeping issues, allergies, joint pain, body pain, and puffs, not pits. This is an armpit. I wore the shirt specifically. That's an armpit. It has a pit. I don't care what your body type is, everybody should have a pit, meaning that your lymph flows well. If it's more like convex versus concave, then you have stagnant lymph. You don't have to have cancer and lymphoma to have a lymph problem. So when COVID hit and I realized everybody was living like I grew up, I don't know if I'm going to get it. If I get it, am I going to die? And I have no idea how to prevent it, so I'm just going to stay in my house? I was like, what? And I had so much confidence in my body and what I had known, and not only confidence, but I had felt it in my body that I was like, okay, let's open up another office, let's buy another house, let's go, let's go, let's go. Because people don't understand what's going on. We gotta teach them how t their body really, really works. And that's what our podcast is all about. And Dr. Odell's been on it multiple times, and he's amazing, as has Sharon Stills, has Dr. Christina Schaffner, has David Pascal. So many people in this room have been on my podcast, and you get to hear all their wisdom, as well as on, um, on Dr. Sharon Stills' as well, BRMIs. So what do we know about the lymphatic system? Well, we know it returns 80% of tissue fluid, proteins, electrolytes, toxins, foreign substance, all from that extracellular matrix, from that space around the cells. And 
you know, they used to think it was the venal system that we, that we moved the toxins out. And then about, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, now it's called the Starling Principle, they realize, oh, we were wrong. It's the lymphatic system, actually, that 80% of the toxins are moved through. So if you want your cardiovascular system to improve, then you must work on your lymphatic system. If you want your drainage of your gut, your um, bowels to work better, then you should work on your lymphatic system. If you have allergies, you should work at your lymphatic system. <sighs> One of my practitioner friends was like, you know, Lymph became a four-letter word in my office. I was like, what? What does that mean? She's like, I feel like every other word is lymph, 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 lymph. I was like, good. I'm glad that we've influenced you. Because, <laughs> you know, I did not set out my life to go, oh, I'm going to be the lymph queen. I would have rather been any other queen than the lymph queen, to be honest with you. But that's okay. I'll take it. Because people need to understand the lymphatics and regulation so we can have the conversation. You get re great results by moving the lymphatics. And now we can talk about all the other aspects of bioregulatory medicine that will continue to improve your health. You don't have to have your dental fillings handled. You don't have to have all that handled. Just handle your lymph, start moving that out, and then we can have a better conversation about why you want to handle your dental fillings. Because now you're going to pay more attention to me because you got an actual result. It regulates the fluid and volume and the pressure in the tissues. So the kidneys and the lymph work hand in hand as well. So if you have fluid retention, it doesn't have to be lymphedema. It can be just a little swelling. We had a friend of ours that went on a trip to Costa Rica and she came back and these were literally swollen. And so we did two or three lymph sessions and they reduced. So, you know, my son might get a little lymph node, you know, he goes to school, he's not vaccinated, of course, and when um, he first started going to his preschool, he came home with all these lymph nodes like that I could see in his neck, and of course, you know, I was like, no, we gotta move your lymph. But there, I just know that that's his body working. His body got something that it was exposed to, and then it started to address it at the level of the lymph nodes. It collects and recuperates all the excess proteins that are linked from the blood capillaries. So, you know, the body's not a, it's not a closed system. You know, all the systems work together. And you can't, like, I know we talk about specializing, and I'm specializing in lymph at some level, but I don't not look at the other systems that are going on. So, you know, proteins, excess proteins, hyperproteinization is a huge problem in clogging up the lymph, which creates heart conditions and blood pressure issues, and not just proteins that our body takes, but also the proteins that our body is trying to assimilate as we're taking in all of life. So if you have any issues, my goal is I want you to just think about the lymph system first and then start to address other issues as they come. So half the lymph nodes are located in your abdomen, we talked about that, and there's anywhere between 600 and 1,000 lymph nodes in the body. Everybody's body's different and that's the beauty. Everyone is unique in personalized therapy. We don't treat individuals, we do not treat symptoms. This is a system that is our filter. It's taking in all of our life. And if we don't clean our filters, we cannot expect our bodies to work as ideally as they, as they could. We change the filter in our cars, in our air filters, in our ducts work at our, at our house, in our offices. When was the last time you cleaned the filters in your lymphatic system? Exactly. So muscle movement and breathing assist in the transport of the lymph as well. You don't move. Your toxins don't move, your lymph doesn't move. Also, your emotions don't move. So you gotta move, that's why we stood up earlier. We moved and we what? Breathed. 
You know our lungs are the largest detoxification organ that we have and we move out more toxins through our lungs than we do any of our other organs. We don't talk a lot about that, which is another reason why masks are not a benefit to our system in detoxification because we breathe out more toxins than we do pee, poop, pee, or sweat. And I would postulate that we also bleed out toxins and that they're part of the lymphatic organ. I haven't had science prove that yet, but mark my words, the ovaries and the prostate are lymphatic organs. Someday they'll catch up to that with a lymphatic system. So let's, let's just review a little anatomy class. So we're going to actively, actively participate, everybody, okay? We're going to touch our tonsils. They are the gatekeepers to our lymphatic system. Even if you don't have tonsils, don't tell your body that. There's many different types of tonsils, first of all, but if you don't have your appendicular tonsils, don't worry about it. Then we have our thymus gland. Oops, sorry. Our thymus gland. Yeah, you know, I, I can't tap it because I have a microphone on. I probably just made that really loud for everybody. Our bone marrow. Go touch your bone marrow. But it's inside your, lay, inside your bones. Um, you have... Those are your major, oh, and your spleen, huh? Funny, spleen, forgot my spleen, lacerated my spleen in the car accident. Your spleen is your largest lymphatic organ. Appendix is also a lymph organ. And we are going to remember that these are lymphatic organs. I was, um, our child is on a football team and one of the kids got sick, he was in the hospital for two weeks, in, um, intubated and all, they took his appendix out the first day and then he got worse and they're like, oh, it wasn't an appendicitis and he's eight. And one of the other moms, I was sitting around with five moms, one's a dental hygienist, one's a med tech at an OBGYN office, and one does medical writing for pharmaceutical industry, two other women and me. And they were sitting around talking about, oh, it's no big deal that they took his appendix. And the one mom said, well, did the parent say anything to the doctor, the fact that they took his appendix and it was a good appendix? And the dental hygienist, without hesitation, goes, oh, you don't need your appendix anyway. <laughs> And that's when, of course, I was like, um, actually, it stores your probiotics, it's part of your lymphatic system, and God didn't give me any extra parts. I don't know if he gave you extra parts, but didn't give me any extra parts. So maybe we don't understand everything yet, but you know, maybe we can just consider that we don't have to take organs out to restore health. Just a thought. So crazy talk, I know. So we got to drain the, the glymphatics. And this is just a little visual to, you know, the cranial sacral rhythm has a lot to do, obviously, with the cerebral spinal fluid coming up, circulating through the brain to make sure that the brain is moving through all the oxygen as well as getting the toxins out and having a pathway. If the brain doesn't drain, then we're not going to feel well because the nervous system is kind of controlled by the brain and the spinal cord, which has a lot to do with it draining, which is why we need to handle subluxations as well. And then I love this picture. I don't know why. It feels very matrixy. And it's a secondary circulatory system. It's literally everywhere in the body. And so move your lymph. There is so much. This is indicating a little bit about watersheds. So um, I can't stand in front of the screen. But if you look, oh, over there. So you can see the body kind of gets split in half and if I was to lay on a table and you were to pour water on me, where the water naturally flows is how the watersheds work in the body. So you know you have main collector drainage points at certain areas of the body and you're going to have a bigger um, 
frequency of nodes wherever we bend. So in our inguinals, behind our knees, our ankles, our elbows, our wrists, our neck, we have a larger concentration of nodes in that area. But it doesn't mean we don't have nodes throughout the whole body because each body has between how many? 600 and 1,000 lymph nodes per body. And I'm not a doctor, but I did go to massage school. And I would think if any discipline understands about the lymphatics, it would be the massage therapist. Okay, so the circulatory section um, was like 28 pages, and endocrinology was 25 pages, and the muscular system was 25 pages, and the skeletal system was 25 pages. The lymph, four. Four pages. I'm writing a lymph book, by the way. I actually have already written one, it's 28 pages, but if anybody would like it, we can help you access that. But um, we're writing a, I'm writing a bigger book about the lymph, because lymph is everywhere. Lymph is everywhere. In, not in the lymph part of my book, but in the neurology section. This is a nerve cell. Lymph space, lymph space, lymph space. <laughs> MS. ALS, Parkinson's, name the nervous system disorder, you got to look at the lymph, if, is the lymph draining. And I know those of us who have been doing bioregulatory for a long time go, if you have a nervous system disorder, you have a toxic load. And we got to move it out of the lymph system and then we'll see what's left. If it's affecting the nerves, that means it's very deep into the system. But you can regenerate, your body can regenerate, does everybody know that? doesn't seem very convincing, but okay. So <laughs> if, if I take out your liver, part of your liver, do you know the rest of it can grow back? Yes. I mean, there are certain organs that do, don't do that, but you know, the body regenerates all the time. If I cut my finger and it regenerated the skin, it regenerated. It's a regenerative organ. And I, I proved this. I'm going to, he's not, oh good, he's in the room. So Dr. Caratola, it's a good friend of mine, and I had uh, cavitational surgery done about 15 years ago. I had four wisdom teeth extracted. So my first bioregulatory class in that November, we learned about heavy metals and possible cavitation. So the next month, I was sitting in a dental chair, having all my, my one amalgam out and my four cavitations remediated. And 12 years later, I met Dr. Caratola. He's like, well, cone beam is now the gold standard for dentistry. Let's look at your cavitations and make sure they healed. And sure enough, I got the cone beam and he read it and he was like, so you need cavitational surgery. I was like, oh no, no, I've already had cavitational surgery. We're just making sure it healed. And he said, well, let me just tell you, it didn't heal. You still have no, you don't have infection, but you still have holes in your bone. And I said, okay, well, give me a minute. What I'm gonna do before we do surgery, I'm gonna tell my body what to do. I'm gonna tell it to grow bone. I'm gonna take a homeopathic and I'm gonna drain my mucosa called Opsidot from Pecana and I'm gonna add calcium fluoratum in it to help my body grow bone and I'm gonna do some meditations and I'm gonna be conscious of it all the time when I talk to people about it, I'm gonna to touch my body, I'm gonna go, or you could grow bone like me. And two, three months ago, I was in his office, that was about two, it was before COVID, so it was like two and a half years ago. Two months ago, I was in his office and uh, he's like, okay, we gotta check your cavitations to see what's going on. I said, okay. I gotta be honest, there was part of me that was like, I don't think I've done enough work to make sure that they're healed and I don't really wanna go through surgery, but okay, let's do my cone beam. And you know what's awesome? I hadn't done a lot of work. My innate intelligence did all the work. I just allowed it to do it by living in the flow state and I grew bone in my cavitational sites. 
And I, I shouldn't say I did it. My body did it. My nervous system did it. And I allowed it to happen by knowing that it would and it could. And that proves that you are regenerative. I can grow bone where there was no bone. So we can all do that. So how do we get into the flow and make sure our autonomic nervous system is constantly regulating? First and foremost, don't get dehydrated. There's a lot of work about structured water. Um, if you don't know anything about structured water, Jared Pollock's work, or um, Gina Bria, or there's so many people that study water. I find them the most fascinating and the smartest people I've ever met in my life, honestly, the people that study water. Rasmus Scout Bergenhausen. There's many ways to look at dehydration. It's not just about drinking water. We receive oxygen, and we also get hydrated through oxygen. There's so many ways to be hydrated. And so, number one, and Ein has said this for years, the majority of people walk in our door and they are chronically dehydrated. So hydrate in many ways, structure your water. Stress and emotional traumas clog the lymphatics. Uh, lymph fluid should be just that fluid, not thick mucus, but fluid like water. Uh, sedentary lifestyle absolutely clogs my lymph. By the way, I have no idea what the time factor is and where I am, so just, it, okay. Um, Tight-fitting clothes. You know, um, don't, although I laughs at me because I jump into my jeans oftentimes, but um, you don't want clothes that are making impressions on your body because that's creating dams in the lymphatic system. Remember that circulatory system that if you've got uh, a sports bra on that's so tight that when you take it off, it creates uh, an indentation in your body, that's a dam that's stagnating your lymph. And, and if you have wire bras, take the wires out, throw them out, and be done with them. Um, cow dairy in particular, not butter and heavy cream. I think I might fall off the planet if I couldn't eat butter and heavy cream. But cow dairy in general tends to thicken the lymph because it has too much excess protein in it. And what does the lymph do? One of the things it does, moves the excess proteins. And if we eat too much cow dairy, which so many Americans eat so much cow dairy, it just stagnates the lymphatic system. Chemicals, whew, ladies. Skincare, makeup, shampoos, fragrances. Ugh, it just is, essential oils are awesome and they don't seem to have a negative effect on the lymphatic system, but the fragrances and the makeup, you'll save so much money by not buying all the toxic makeup and skincare. A little olive oil goes a long way and coconut oil. Uh, metals on the body, yes, even tattoos for all my tattooed entire staff, my husband and everybody in my life. Um, <laughs> But they do affect the skin, and um, one of my colleagues is a breast surgeon, um, Dr. Beth Dupree, and she's worked a lot with lymphatics. She has a center in Philadelphia as well as here in Arizona, actually. She should be here. Why is she not here? Um, anyway, she has done a lot of breast cancer surgeries, and no matter where the tattoo is, she finds it in the tissue where the tumor is in that same breast. So it's just something to be aware of. It's a toxic load. I know a lot of you love tattoos. I applaud you on your courage to have somebody do that. Um, that being said, it is a toxic load. Scars. I think we talked about that quite a bit, but scars will block your fascia. And the thing is, the, if you don't know what the fascia is, that's a whole other lecture, but the fascia is the skin under the skin that holds us all together, that where that lymph is being held is in the fascia, and I would consider it really your further antenna out to the world that is another filter. 
Um, and if there's a scar on the skin, there's a scar on the fascia, and that's creating a, a, a dam, essentially, and, and clogging that limb. So, and scars have to be addressed consistently. You know, I get my silver fillings out, they're out. The crap that they were leaking in my tissues is now what I have to work on, and the scars have to be addressed, you know, typically yearly, depending on the trauma of the scar. So, quick example, I had a brand new client call and I said, hey, do you have any scars? And he was like, yeah, I have a gunshot wound here and I have a knife wound here and this shoulder was blown out because, sorry, because I went, uh, fell out of a, heli or jumped out of a helicopter and my parachute didn't go and I have another gun wound here and I was like, holy crap, first of all, thank you for your service, right? Like, that wasn't just like random stuff, and absolutely. Within that same month, we had another client's son that was in a drive-by, like wrong place, wrong time in Philadelphia and was shot and had surgery and had a huge scar on his leg and in his abdomen. Totally different ways to get the scars. Totally different ways. The scar with all the emotional traumas from the guy that was at the wrong place, wrong time will affect him much more than the guy that's proud of his scars serving our country and standing on the front lines. Totally different way to get the scars, totally different. Um, a way to, to have it hold in the body. Fascia, the way I look at the lymph system is the lymph is your house and the fascia is your closets. So before our cleaning people come over to our house, we like, you know, make it look really quite good by throwing all the stuff in the closets so that they can clean the house. <laughs> Nobody else does that, just us? Are you serious? We're the only ones that do that? Come on, come on, you all do that. And then when you really wanna clean your house, you clean your closets out. Right? And then what happens? Your house is a disaster. And then you're like starting the whole process over. So I look at the lymph is the, is the house. You got to get the house clean and all that. Now I can clean out the closets. The closets is the fascia. The fascia holds the trauma and the, uh, and the, it often holds a lot of toxins and spirochetes and all sorts of stuff. But I can't clean out my closets until my house is already pretty clean. And then when I clean out my closets, I got to clean my house out. So it should always be like a five to one ratio of lymph to fascia, lymph to fascia. Uh, improper foods, acid building foods, limit your improper foods. And Wi-Fi radiation definitely thickens and clogs the lymph. I would argue that it probably stops it actually, particularly your lymphatic system, particularly at night. And you can test that probably on the HRV. I felt that from the corner. So, to create flow, you got to stop the leakages, hydrate properly, remove all your lifestyle clogs, increase your flow with movement, therapy, and routine, and then everybody take a deep breath in, and breath out, and let it go, emotionally and physically. Now, when I got in, involved in this whole world, I was already cleaned up my air and cleaned up my water in the mid-1990s. I was in a, a network marketing company that we sold water filters, air filters, natural skin care, and cleaning products. I had already known all that. But there was still a lot of toxins seeping in my life. I was eating organic, but that was not what it is now and wasn't then either. It's all, just grow your own food. <laughs> Somebody wants to grow my food, I'm in. CSAs are great, know your farmer. And how do I restore my flow? So first I have to stop blocking it, right? Create flow. Drainage before detox. So many people in our industry want to detox, detox, detox without assuring drainage. And then they go, oh my God, I feel crappy symptoms when I detox. Well, yeah, because you're not draining. That's like dumping your closets out when your house is still a mess. You gotta get your house cleaned out, then worry about what's in your closets. So 
to restore your flow, let go and ease the pressure, hydration, that's always going to be number one, assist your scars, movement, there's lympho uh, lymphocytes and rebounders, tickling, everybody do this, it creates erector pili, better known as goosebumps, and just by doing that little bit of motion, it allows your lymphatics to start to flow. You know, I always think that that's why Silas likes me to tickle his neck. And I'm like, oh, I'm fine doing that because you won't let me pump your lymph because you're my kid and you won't let me pump your lymph. But, you know, that's how it goes. So I can tickle him and get away with it. And don't let him, ever, when you see him, don't let him know that that moves his lymph because then he won't let me do that either. <laughs> um, stop wearing tight-fitting clothes. Stop eating cow dairy. Clean up the environment. Get metals out of your life. Evaluate. Change. And then move on. Don't go home and throw everything out of everything. Just start voting differently with your buying dollars of what you're purchasing. Read labels and then spend way too long in any store because you're reading labels. So um, again, coconut oil is a great thing and olive oil, you don't have to read the labels. And grounding outside. Grounding mats are great, but there's this earth thing that we have. Mm -hmm. It's free. <laughs> it's always accessible and all you have to do is put your hands on it and your feet on it and you're grounding. Standing at the ocean, standing in the sand is a wonderful way to ground. Leaning on a tree if you're in the middle of New York City. I was at one of uh, Dr. Tia's events with Michael, at, Michael Gurevich, Dr. Gurevich, during neurotherapy. And I forget what I had done, but I, like, I wanted to ground. So we were in, like, where was that? In, I forget where it was. In, like, a hotel in the middle of Queens. And I was like, I gotta find grounding. No joke, there was this little tiny patch where they had two bushes and a little dirt. And I just stood there, took my shoes off and stood there. I was like, oh, okay, I have to ground. That feels better now. Because whenever I get therapy, especially my scar done, I just feel the necessity to go outside and ground because all this excess energy comes out of my body that was trapped in the scar. So we drink more water, we breathe consciously. Breathing consciously opens the diaphragm, and we exhale more than we inhale. Let more out than you let in. That should be the theme of our life. Let more out than we let in. Sleeping properly aligned and handle your subluxations. Clothes that don't leave lines. I'm a little repetitive because here's the thing. It's not hard. It's not that difficult. It seems a little overwhelming if this is new for you, but I don't think it's new for anybody in the room. But just start to make steps and go, okay, that could be a little bit different. Oh, I could move a little bit more. I could consciously breathe a little bit more. And you'll find that your lymphatic flow just starts to flow and you feel better. You're pooping better. You're sleeping better. You're sweating better. And I feel like that's the same slide, so we're going to keep going. So to reframe. The first thing from a reframe perspective, and the re reason I use the word reframe, is whatever you knew before you walked in this door, please start to reframe. And the first question you should ask is, are there any blockades to the autonomic nervous system that need to be addressed? Because I am dumping so much energy into this person, throwing all these supplements at them, asking them to do all these hydrochloric therapies and hyperbaric chambers, and yet their nervous system isn't even on because they have scars or they have dental fillings. And it blows some of us out of the water that clients go to clinics for months, years sometimes, spending tens of thousands of dollars, and their scars have never been addressed, and their dental failings have never been addressed. And how the heck do you expect that client to heal because their innate intelligence isn't involved? Their conscious mind is not going to do the trick. 
you know, that day my conscious mind got involved when Jerry said to me, oh, let's do your cone beam. My conscious mind went, oh, I haven't done enough work. I don't know. And if not, he's going to schedule the surgery and then I'm going to have to heal from it and that's going to slow me down and I don't like to be slowed down. But I didn't have to consciously make that happen. My innate intelligence did that and it took over and it did the job for me because my blockades are healed, continued to heal. Are the filters working? Is the fascia and the lymph working? If the fascia isn't lymph working, I need to step back, get that lymphatic to work better. And after the break, we're going to talk about, and I'm going to teach everybody how to manually stimulate your nodes. There's no way to say it that doesn't sound sexual. There is no way. And then is the cranial sacral rhythm flowing, the brain cycle? Is there a communication from the brain down to the sacrum and back up? That's so key because that's circulating so much of the uh, information in our body, allowing the nervous system to get that information, allowing the lymphatics to flow and everything, the autonomic nervous system to really work. So are there any sub subluxations in the spine? So have I treated the scars lately? Because they're not just once and done. Again, the more um, thick the scar is, we had a client that had full heart surgery. She showed me her scar the other day. When she first came in, it was as red as your glasses and raised. Can you lift your glasses up real quick? It was literally that red. And how old is that scar on her, Sarah? Do you know? It's been open three times. I think probably over 10 years. And it was as red as that and raised. And we have not had her go to the medical doctor and needle it yet. We've just done our manual therapy with rapid flow and our hands and different things. And it's like hardly, you, it's areas, first of all, it's not raised anymore. And it's not even pink. It's white as her skin. And she's like, look at my scar. And I'm like, that's amazing. And I could tell you that that's just the one this week. I mean, we could tell you that's two scar stories from this week. And I only work two days. That's how it works. So the foundation, oh, if I still feel like I have a symptom after addressing these two things, then, and the dental work has already been addressed, then we look at organ function, homeopathy, supplements, and, and supportive therapies then. We must address the foundation of bioregulatory living first, which is the autonomic nervous system and the lymphatic flow. Oh, tattoos. Well, I would say don't get any more tattoos, but that's me. Um, there are ways to address the tattoos. They are scars. Um, so you could do, there's a lot of different techniques we do for scars, but I would rapid release them. I would open up the fascia around them, and I would do um, light therapy around them as well. You're not going to inject your scars with a needle like some of the docs. You're not going to do that because it's just not possible. But I would open the fascia and work it, and I would work the lymph system knowing that the ink is seeping into my lymphatics. So, All right, so we're going to talk about how to manually simulate your own lymphatics. So the first thing is... How many do any kind of body-centered therapy in the room, whether it's chiropractic or manipulations or anything? Okay, so this is probably going to be way lighter than you think. And how many of you are like Reiki therapists or anything like that? It's probably a lot harder than you think. It's right in the middle, okay? So if I was going to the store and I was going to find some avocados, I'm going to hold those avocados and I'm going to gently pressure them, but I'm not going to push so hard I create a bruise. And it's really nice to use these two fingers because they are like the lightest touch in our bodies. And so right above our clavicles are where our termini are, and it's kind of easier if you cross your arms. But um, And what you're going to do is we're just going to gently just pump in a circular fashion and pump and it's right in line with your ears, so don't go too anteriorly. It's in line with your ears. Come down. It's right in the middle of that clavicle area. You're just gently going to pump it like five or six times. A gentle, slow, 
pump. Good, and breathe, don't forget to breathe. <sighs> Good. And then we're gonna go up to our tonsils, right below our jaw, and we're gonna gently pump. So the way I visualize this is if I had a blueberry that was really ripe, if I squeeze it too hard, it's gonna squish all that out. I don't wanna squish it out. I just wanna just push the blueberry a little bit. But the problem is the blueberry is around a bunch of cobwebs, and that cobweb are the fascial tensions uh, from adhesions or from excess proteins or whatever, and so I can't really get to the blueberry. So my job with the pump is to push on the cobwebs, and when I push on the cobwebs, they fall away, and then I get to that blueberry, and I just wanna pump that blueberry a little bit and get a little bit of juice out of it. I closed my eyes when I did that because I'm very visual and I had to see that in my eyes. But that's really how I envision the lymph. It's like the lymph is stuck inside of all this fascia and if we can just stimulate the lymphatics, but we have to get through it. You have su superficial lymph and you have deeper lymph. What we're talking about is the deeper lymph nodes and addressing those. So first we pump here and then we pump here. And it's very parasympathetic too, so everybody's kind of like, ooh, it's a little warm in here. Kelly's been talking a long time. She's exhausting. So everybody take a deep breath in through your nose. And out. Good. And the next spot we're gonna touch is right here, our apical nodes. And these, it's like where your bra strap is, men. You know where you wear your bras, so it goes right there. And you're gonna push, push, Gently pump, it's a pumping action. So it's this action. You know, uh, it's like a dance, flow is a dance. When I work on clients, when I train people to do lymph node release, I'm literally dancing and I'm moving my body. If, I'm, if my arms are stiff and I'm like, I'm gonna move my lymph, you're not getting any lymph flow, okay? So you gotta be gentle on yourself and gentle on the body, and we should teach everybody to do this when they're five years old or less, so that if they have an issue, whether it's emotional or physical, they start to pump it. You know, when I um, get exposed to somebody's cologne or whatever, that I'm like, oh, ooh, I just pump my lymph a little bit. <laughs> and then, feel better, because my drainage is better. So now apical nodes, Good. Because we got to work the lymph. If you think about those watersheds, I kind of skipped over that part earlier. Sorry, I got distracted. But the way the, the lymph moves is in a, um, from here up and from here down. You can kind of separate the body. And then it goes from here over, and then this goes and it flows up. Lymph has one way vessels. It does not go back. It can't ever backflow. I had a client say to me, oh, my lymph, my lymph therapist told me that my lymph was going in the wrong direction because I was doing the circles in the wrong direction. Huh? It's got a one-way valve. It can't go the other way no matter what you do, okay? So don't worry about that. That's crazy talk. Um, but what you can know is that if you just start simulating your lymph, it's going to work. I had another thought. Hold on. It'll come back to me. Got to be in the flow state. So when you're, you're starting here because you start at the end, so a lot of dry brushing videos, they tell you to start at your ankles. Mm -hmm. And what you're gonna do is you're gonna dry brush from your ankles all the way up, right? Everybody seen those videos, a lot of people? Okay, don't do that because that's what, this is what's happening. I live in the Philadelphia area, one of the places, and 
we have a lot of traffic and a lot of toll booths. And if they shut down the toll booth, the traffic starts to back up. Let's say they shut the toll booth down and there's 50 cars that are backed up. How am I going to get the traffic through, that through the toll booth? Am I going to move the 50th car and push it? Or am I going to move the first car and then let the second car and then let the third car and then let the fourth car? Your lymph works from proximal to distal, not the way that every single dry brushing video I've seen except for mine teaches you. Because you got to open up the toll booth, which is right here at the termini. Then I start to move the proximal cars, the tonsils. I want my brain to drain. Then I want my chest to drain. But first, I have to get my big apical node here, which drains from the armpit. The armpit drains into this. The armpit gets filled up from the breast, which drains right here. This then drains up to the armpit. My inner elbow drains up to my armpit. So I first have to open up here to get this to flow here, to get this to flow here, to get this to flow here. And the inner elbow, the cubital fossa, as we know from the heart rate, from the sound, uh, contact regulation thermography has a lot to do with the autonomic nervous system. And do we want the autonomic nervous system to flow? Yes, we do. And so we want to address the lymphatics there as well. So after apical node, we go to the axillary, to our armpits. If you have an arm puff, you need to do this more. So placement right in the middle of your armpit. And don't press too hard, but when you push in the middle of that, you can kind of feel that area. It's often tender for a lot of people, or you can feel what feel like little sesame seeds. That's your lymphatic nodes. So you're going to hold there. Don't push yet. Close your arm. Now your arm's a little deep in there, and it looks like I'm pulling, but I'm not. I'm just pumping a little bit, but it's easier if your arm's closed and you're pumping. I can start to feel this whole side drain. And you're pumping like five or ten times, and then I'm going to go to my inner elbow. And now I've moved maybe 50 cars to the toll booth, so I want to go make sure my toll booth stays open. Don't ever think you can do your termini too much. You can do it too hard. You can create a lot of push out of your lymph because you want to just, if the lymph was a dam, you don't want to go with a sledgehammer and open up the lymph because you're going to get a mess on the other side. What you want is a little pinhole and allow it to start to come out and then it will generate its own flow and its own pace that it starts to come out. So gentle pressure. Oh, I forgot to mention, you do the left side first. Okay, why? Let's talk about these termini. The left thoracic termini drains my left arm, my, rest, my left breast, and my entire lower body drains to my left. My right termini drains the right side of my head, my right breast, and my right arm. So the body works like a funnel, and we're going to go through that in a second, but you want to drain the left side of the body first because you've got to get the lower body, the gut, and the kidneys working properly drain out that fluid before you drain the brain. And so after this, I'm now going to go to my other side, and I'm going to drain my apical node. Or you could go to your stomach, honestly. You could do either one. But I will tell you the majority of people's clogs are from here up. It's, they, plenty of people have clogs here down, but here up, we sit in front of uh, computers. We hold our phones. We have forward head motion. We really limit our lymphatic flow when we're doing this. And then a lot of people wear tight-fitting bras. 
and then there's lots of other things that we do in our lifestyle that limit it, but it's, we do a lot of sitting, and this part of the body just really gets clogged, and then the Wi-Fi hits. I believe that has a lot to do with it as well. And we want this area of the body, you, you still need this to drain, I'm not saying you don't, but I'm just saying from my clinical experience, most people have clogs here more so than they have here. So then we do the apical node, you do the armpit, Then you do your inner elbow. Now the cisterna, I should have a visual of it, but I don't, sorry. So between your belly button and your xiphoid process, right kind of in the middle is what's called your cisterna colli. And the cisterna colli is not a lymph node, but it's a diluted sac that it's right close to the liver and the gallbladder and you have your inguinal nodes that lead up to your cisterna, and then that drains everything from the lower body and sends it up to the thoracic duct to drain the lymphatics. So I really say there are three really key points to the lymph, your termini and your cisterna. And so you just gently pump it, especially if somebody has digestive issues. And a lot of us that do body work, you hear this, or if you've had body work, you hear it when you lay on the table and somebody's doing a massage on it, and all of a sudden you hear bloop, bloop, that's your cisterna opening up and it should sound like bloop bloop like fluid and if it's hard there a lot of clients when we first start working with them it's very hard more like a walnut and it's because it's so darn clogged so we just gently apply even homeopathics to it or flow cream is really great to apply to it and help the lymphatic flow then you have your inguinals so you actually want to address this part of the leg not up here to get your inguinals and again you're going from proximal to distal. So I'm going to first address here because this is going to drain up here. I got to open this up first and then I'm going to work down toward my inner thigh and I'm just in little circular patterns assisting the lymphatic flow and this, these capillaries that are blind-ended that open up to all the extracellular matrix, taking all the excess proteins, all the excess fluid, take it down the collecting ducts and through the collecting ducts it then sends it to the node. And at the level of the node that we're addressing is where the immune system identifies what is this? Is this a metal? Is this a pathogen? Do I need to stimulate a white blood cell to take care of this or a macrophage? What's going on? So tell me that the lymph system is not the immune system. Go ahead, try. Because it's the bone marrow and the thymus and the spleen and the tonsils. It's where the white blood cells identify what the pathogens are at the level of the node and it removes most of the toxic waste out of our bodies. We need to simulate people's immune systems because way too many people are first of all don't know anything about their immune system. They think it comes in a jab or a mask. It does not. It comes from our lifestyle and how we live our life and if we have a toxic burden and a buildup our lymph is stagnant and our immune system cannot be primed. And so I challenge anybody who doesn't think that the lymphatic system is immune system to come talk to me. Because, I, I mean, Desiree Despong, who created the Flow Prezzo, she's the one that taught me so much about the lymphatic world. She, we call her the lymphatic goddess. While I'm the queen, she's still the goddess. And the lymphatic goddess um, talked to me years ago about it, and she does so much blood work research that as you work the lymphatics it literally changes your white blood cells in blood work by doing nothing else but lymphatics. Okay, so after your inguinals 
you can do if if they have a lot of lower body stagnancy I would go ahead and do the larger node that's right in the middle of the thigh particularly if they have any menstrual menstruation issues or fertility issues because this is also on the line of the uterus acupuncture meridian if I'm wrong correct me but I've always known this point uh, when I had a lot of cyst ovarian cyst this area of my body was super sensitive and then I learned there was this lymph node here and I was like oh that's interesting so there's a very large lymph node right in the middle right where your crease of your um, pants are so you can apply a little pressure there and then behind the knee is another area you want to pump and everybody calls this the I forget what they call it the danger zone or something massage goal I think it's because there's so much lymphatic fluid back there and they don't know what the hell to do with it. So what you want to do is just gently assist that lymphatic flow at the back of the knee, five or six pumps, and then I would go down to the ankles, which I'm not going to do in these heels. Oh, well, maybe. Okay, so you're just going to pump the lymph. See what happens when you do a lot of tree poses? And you just pump the ankles better on one side than the other. Avery, David, you have to help me. Okay, so you, you want to pump the lymph, and then again, I go back to my termini. Or I might do my cisterna first, and then my termini. Here's the good news. You can't screw it up unless you don't do it. And if you get crappy feeling after this, it's not my fault that your toxins are moving. That's your crap, not mine. <laughs> but you want to assist your body if that's happening and you need to assist your body by keep going through it, keep moving it out until you don't feel crappy when you do lymph. You should feel lighter when you do lymph. You should feel in, like a huge thing has released from your body. And then typically after you do, whether it's 10 minutes or five minutes of lymph or you're doing a full body session, most people have to pee afterward because it's moving through the kidneys. That's where most of it's gonna move. Or it's great for bo making bowel movements happen. Right? So Dr. Schaffner and I have had this conversation that, you know, everybody wants to get the, the gut to move, the gut to move. Oh, we got to get the bowels to move. I don't know. I think it's the lymphatic system you get to move, and then your bowels move. Because I've noticed it in my clinic, people come in with constipation. We get their lymph to move, and then they're not constipated anymore. But they've done the hydrocolon therapy. They've done all the bowel detoxes. They've taken all the psyllium husks. They've done everything to get their bowels to work. But once they start moving their lymph, it kind of works more consistently. And then the more they work their lymph, their bowels work more consistently. And it's about what they're willing to let go of on an emotional level. Don't always stay in the physical. If somebody's got an emotional cathexis, well, then they can, they can stimulate the lymph in that way. Hold on. Sarah, I know what you're looking for. It's Desiree's um, presentation. It's green, and it's just this one slide. It's Desiree's presentation. Okay. It's the only way I can ever have it because I've never been given permission to use it. I can just show it. it Can't own it. No, it's on my computer and it's green in color and it's called Desiree's. Something or other. So, any questions about lymphatic movements? I'm going to go through a couple more slides talking about your self health, self help for your health, self care over health care, self care over health care. Yeah, five to ten minutes. You can do it in the morning. You can. Um, I would get good and practice at it, so you know how to do it, and then you can start applying it to other clients or to kids, and just feel that it's you're not going too hard. That's the majority of what people do. They go too hard, and then they swing the pendulum totally the other way, and they're like, 
butterfly kisses. That's not going to work either because we have too much congestion in our body that's clogging up the lymphatics. We're getting close. Okay, so just quickly, I want to mention this guy. I know James is standing there like I'm getting done, but Dr. Stanley Roxon from um, Medicine of Cardiovascular Department of Stanford University. Knowing more about the lymphatic system will bring answers to a broader range of diseases that historically nobody would have said are specifically lymphatic. But now we understand there are more lymphatic implications, certainly to cancer and its way of spreading, to a variety of immune diseases, arthritis, chronic infection, and inflammation, mainstream cardiac disease, and a lot of metabolic disorders. And all these things improve when you start improving lymphatic flow. The fascia maintains a balance of tension and elasticity, which allows for the smooth, unrestricted movement of each muscle group. But the fascia becomes dehydrated, causes adhesions around the muscles and the lymph nodes, and the lymphatic vessels get strangled. So anybody that's interested, because we are short for time, we're going to find that video. I'm going to have it up at my, um, at my booth over there and we'll just play it all day long. You can watch it and it's a capillary vessel. You can see exactly what the lymph looks like under the skin and how it moves through the body. It's the most fascinating um, video. Because here's the point and I'm almost done, I promise. Our job, if you will, is to survive and thrive as an organism on this planet is to assure that we're letting go of our toxins faster than we are exposed to them. Keeping a lifestyle congruent, congruent with limiting the burn as much as possible and assuring our drainage and flow of the lymphatics is foundationally, a word I made up, necessary. Censoring, filtering, and then allowing the body to regulate for all the inputs is appropriate manner continuing to be regeneration. Because, <clears throat> take a moment to take that in. The flow state is the real cure. 1997 is when I sat in Scottsdale, Arizona. It is 2021. If you constantly upregulate your ecosystem, you can find the fountain of youth. She was on six medications, three years living in pain, had all sorts of allergies and obviously some nervous system stuff going on, horrible acne. That's me 24 years later. Thank you. Just remember to reflect the life within. I've had people that I've known for 40 years ask me if I've had plastic surgery. I said no, but I handled my shit on the inside. And now I get to reflect my beauty on the outside. Thank you. And make progress, not perfection. There you go.